one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. An amnesis. Noun. The ability to recall past events. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. And today, I would really like to give a special thanks to all of our loyal listeners. This is our hundredth episode, which feels like a pretty big milestone for us. And whether you started listening way back when we started or only recently joined us, thank you for sticking around for all of these far future shenanigans. We really enjoy telling these stories and it's been an honor to be able to share them with you. Here's to a hundred more. And with that sappy thank you out of the way, onto the episode. Information is very hard to come by when you're trying to work around dealings with a deeply seated criminal organization and even harder when you're desperately trying to keep your cover story straight. Regardless, plans need to be acted on soon. Ploys are solidified, inventors are visited, and puzzles are picked up. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory set things into motion. For once, we are not all squirrels today. No, we're too tired for that. <laughs> we are too tired to be squirrels, all of us. Too exhausted. So far. That's true. We might end up being slap happy squirrels rather than like squirrely squirrels. Yes. I'm feeling more like a, a limp ferret. I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's the potential for mischief, but also I'm just like, mm. you know, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm bringing laconic chipmunk today. <laughs> it was a long time ago, but someone on TikTok made a song about like animals stacked in a trench coat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it started with, I am not a person. I am just a little rat. Yes. <laughs> And then it goes on to other things like, I am not a person. I am a possum like in a coat. Yeah, I'm 27 frogs. <laughs> that's, I feel like that's our energy today. Yes. <laughs> 34 tadpoles in a trench coat. It's a very soggy trench coat. Mm-hmm. It's a raincoat. <laughs> Do raincoats work in reverse? <laughs> if you turn it inside out. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair. Fair. You all return to the downgrade. Brex meets you there after having been sent back to the axe-throwing range to act as a diversion and distraction for anyone who might be trying to follow you. You take your rest and wake up the next morning, again, to the lights in the room softly rising with the sun. Hmm. Smallhorn, you did not necessarily get or give a time for returning to the alley to get the information. And the butcher did not indicate that he would be waiting for you. He said that he would be leaving the information on how to get access to the saint in the alleyway. So the timetable is kind of up to you all at this point. 
but you do have a conversation to have of how you are going to approach this entire situation. You are about to gain access to a highly secretive crime organization and how you are going to present yourselves is proving a little difficult. When you all wake up, do you have this conversation in the room before breakfast? Do you go get some food? Do you all just chill out for a while? I think we probably try and hash this out before we get too far into the day. Yeah, well, and also in as much private as we can get. So mm-hmm. definitely before we go downstairs. Upstairs? Right. I don't remember. Upstairs. Upstairs. All right. So what's the game plan? I had a thought. We had floated the idea of giving them my alias within the organization as the source of our information. Mm. However, even if no one does recognize me, as far as any of them know, I deserted the organization after a job gone wrong. So us being associated with the ghost is not necessarily going to make us seem friendly. We do know that the saint was working with Dremlin. Why not say we're doing the same? We're just working with Dremlin? We were supposed to meet him here. We can't find the signs he meant to leave for us to show where we were to meet him next if we missed him in Sturthal. And who better to ask than the saint? Who else would he entrust such important information to? That's not a bad way to go about it. If nothing else, it will give us a little more cover as they would have to ascertain whether we're telling the truth before they can reliably decide whether it's worth killing us. Hmm. I mean, sounds like a good plan to me as any. I'm gonna kinda defer to you on this one. We're in your territory. That does mean, however, that Jory, I may need to rely on you for more specific information, not having met Dremlin myself. Well, it's too late to pretend we're a circus. Unfortunately. So barring that, I suppose that's not a terrible idea because I can just, you're right, I do know things. I do know things. Let me have a think about that one. Maybe I have an idea. Maybe I don't, but also maybe I do have an idea. The jury story. (laughs) (laughs) I do believe the answer is one or the other. I might have an idea, or maybe I don't, but maybe I do. (laughs) But what if idea? You know, he did used to have people called sweepers that would go through and they they would pick up information when nobody thought he was around or looking. Goodness, I don't know why I hadn't thought of that before. Actually, for the opposite reason, just in case there's somebody around who's acting that way. But the whole point of them was for nobody to know who they were so they could be proper spies. Maybe that's an idea. Could be. And we've come up with information important enough that we're willing to break cover because we need to get to him quickly. Right. It could work. I suppose it could. There is every possibility they're going to demand what it is we've found out. If we're unwilling to tell them there's every possibility they will demand we do something in order to be allowed to leave. True. It might depend on how afraid they are of Dremlin, because if they, let's say they were to press us for information and we were to say, well, we can't tell you or he'll be mad at you, then maybe they'll let us go. I got something we could give them. Ooh, do tell. Printer. Ah. Down in the chasm. But that could turn out very poorly. I didn't say it was a great idea. It's just the one I had. Can we go down and break it so it can only make nice fluffy things? 
I wouldn't recommend it because we did already give that to someone else. And really what my thought is, is that they'll just tear each other apart and maybe we won't have to deal with the fallout on that. Either way, that's a gamble. That I'm gonna go ahead and call that plan D and I'm hoping we fill out all of the other letters beforehand. There is also the possibility that the Lexicon is a deeply secretive organization. At the end of the day, if we're connected to Dremlin and they're doing business with him, they probably can't afford to kill us and risk him finding out that they prevented information making it to him. Exactly. Mm -hmm. However, they are going to give us a hard time, so while they may let us get away with not giving them the information he requires, they may want something else. That may be enough. We may need to come up with something more titillating. Brex, at this point, has been listening and obviously not saying anything, but kind of just points to Jory. Me? Ooh, I know what you're saying, Brex, that we should tell them that there's this former, let's say, associate of his that is amassing an army to the east that's going to come and take him down. Oh, that's quite interesting. <laughs> Brex kind of shakes their head, shrugs as like, I mean, that could work, <laughs> but shakes their head as to no, that's not what I meant. Oh. And then points to your eye and then to you. The seeker plan. Brex likes the seeker plan. The person that came after Jory in Legam was a lexicon member known as the eye. Oh, that's right. Huh. Habina also mentioned that he had hired someone. She wasn't sure who but to go retrieve an asset he left in the beyond. She never came back. We could hmm. throw the eye under the bus because they're dead and nobody knows that. That's true. Oh, how smart. But which one of us would be the eye? <gasps> oh, we well, can- Well, no, none of us would be the eye. We got the information oh, I from see. the eye. Oh, I see. <laughs> or we could all be the eye and it's like a collective thing. Like, oh, you thought it was just one person, but it's actually, it's a whole group. Ooh. The Eye was, in fact, a member of the Lexicon. There will be people who knew her. Man, trying to get someone who doesn't speak get their information across <laughs> is harder. Um, <laughs> someone roll me some sort of intellect, insight. Perception? Perception would be fine. Okay. Uh, in conversational. Uh, <laughs> that's always the, the question. For the intrigue of it all? Sure. <laughs> and, or any sort of like conversational or social interaction, anything. Level five. Ooh, there we go. Natural 20 for me. I'll let that one ride. I'm going to let that ride. I have a success with a nine, which is not nearly as cool. <laughs> <laughs> you are saying this, Jory, a bunch of like, oh, you know, yes, we could we could blame the eye. But then Brex slowly shakes their head again and points to you. And you get the feeling that the information that you could give them is that you found the asset Dremlin was looking for. If you need to give them something like, why do you need to get to Dremlin so quickly? Because we found the thing he was looking for in the beyond. We completed the job the eye couldn't. Ha <laughs> I see. Oh, yes, I see. We could say we found the asset. How about that? Is that it? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Again, they point to you, but they nod. Any thought on what you would like the major effect to be? Ooh, this is a tough one. 
I have an idea. If you yeah, know. yeah, I do. I'm, I'm, go ahead. I will give you an asset at any point moving forward to like carry out a part of this plan. I will totally. Rex is helping. I will take that. I'm assuming that whatever this asset was, Dremlin would have only really told the person he hired. He wouldn't have wanted others going after it or deciding they wanted a piece of that pie. You all also know that the asset was Jory. It, it, yeah. It's me, I mean. That's yeah. kind of what I'm saying is we, gotcha. if we walk in there and we're like, we found the asset and everyone is like, oh, she's, she's standing right there. It's like, no, no, no. I don't know that anybody here would know me. I mean, unless Stramlin left some people behind, which is possible. Oof, I don't like that. But, mm. I mean, what if we just said that you're dead? That depends on if he wanted me alive or dead. And to be completely honest, I'm not 100% sure, but I would guess alive. Now, again, they might not know that, but... What about this? The I hired us to help track you down because you have abilities similar to your own. We went out to track down the asset and the fight got nasty and the asset got the jump on the eye. I, you know, went rogue. We found both of, you know, the asset and the eye dead and it was a, a real weird kind of situation. And then we, uh, you know, we're trying to track down Dremlin to let him know what happened. Hmm. My biggest worry there is if the asset is dead, and really, there's nothing else that anybody would need from us. They could just kill us and pass along the message. But if we have some kind of leverage, like, oh, we have the asset in a, a stick cage someplace, then hmm, they still need us. Hmm. The asset would be able to get out of a stick cage, you know, what with the whole wall pass thing. Oh, well, it's just what I pictured. <laughs> <laughs> See, if it's not a solid wall, I might not have thought that I could just pass through it and I would just look longingly through the bars and... Mm. Uh, it was a good picture. It was a good story. I know. Look, I'm 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 there for the uh, for the story. That's a very jory idea though. <laughs> I can't get out. Help me. <laughs> Jory, just go through the wall. Uh, yes. <laughs> Brex looks at all of you and shrugs like, all right, what are we doing? Yeah. Okay. We were the support of the eye. Is that believable? Would the eye have support? Yeah, that's the real question there. Would the eye have hired anybody to help them out? It's not unlike the lexicon to subcontract. It yeah. kind of just, it's person to person. The eye preferred to work alone, but in the beyond... Out there, everything so far spread. I can see her having used contacts to seek out what she was looking for. So, um, should I be alive or dead? Alive. Definitely alive. Have we caught the asset, or are we still on the hunt for it and just checking in? Yes, good question. Do we know where the asset is, maybe? Or have we captured it? Me. I mean, I'm not really... On the off chance that others within the lexicon do know what the asset is, I think that we should have the asset contained in a secure location that only we know about. It will keep us alive longer. Mm -hmm. I agree. I wasn't always as skilled as I am now with certain things, but how should I say that we are containing? How should we say that we're containing the asset that can walk through? Don't worry about it. We've got it. I think that's what we say. Oh, don't good. don't have to explain anything to them. Keep it elusive. There are ciphers and artifacts that do all sorts of things. 
The less information that we give them, the more legitimate we seem. If we start telling them everything, they're going to know we're trying to trick them. Like a monster in a closet, we shall be elusive. <laughs> Bridget, the way you said that made me think of, if the men know we can shapeshift, <laughs> they're going to tell the church. <laughs> yes. The way you said that, that was very reminiscent. That is the energy, honestly. <laughs> I think we have a plan, but what's our next step? Well... We're going to have to get the information on the meat. I was planning on staking out the alley to see when they brought the information, and we'll go from there. Sounds good. All right. Let's just hope that when we talk to these people, that Dremlin hasn't come back for his hat or something like that. <laughs> Things could get awkward at that point. It would be. Cover would be blown. If, by some horrible spin of luck, Dremlin is present, or someone else who could recognize you, then we were just stupid enough to bring you with us. We have some sort of control over you, some sort of, I don't know, Numenera. <laughs> the name of the game, I don't know, Numenera! Numenera. <laughs> Rub a little Numenera on it. <laughs> Put some Numenera on it. <laughs> I saw a post recently that said, it's an unknown rule in TTRPGs that in the last session of the campaign, you have to say the name of the game. Ah. We're just getting that out of the way real fast. Mm-hmm. You have a plan. Smaller, and you said you wanted to stake out the alleyway to see when they're leaving the information. Nehemiah, Jory, what are your plans for the morning with that? Would you like to accompany Smaller in? Would you like to take care of anything else? I think accompanying would be bad because we were at that diner the night before. Okay. And if we're there again, they're going to know something funky is going on. Is there Fair. a diner on the other side of the alley? There's enough little restaurants mm -hmm. and things in the area. It's, it's a fairly <laughs> busy portion of the city. Sure. I think that I should probably go alone. There is every possibility that they will attempt some sort of a trap in order to meet with me on their terms. And I'm much more capable of eluding it when I'm not worrying about whether they've caught the two of you. There is also the inventor. We haven't spoken to him yet. No, we haven't. I think we saw him yesterday, did we not? Yeah, he was like moving around that cloud machine of his. Should we do that? Yeah, we can go and do that. And to my knowledge, whether Kalen works with the lexicon or not, he's not a member. Mm. He is probably not going to have the same level of deadly intent. Also, just because they worked side by side does not mean that it was voluntary. True enough. Dremlin was very good at extorting behavior out of people, if that makes sense. Watch this guy be the saint. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> We've been actively avoiding meeting with him this whole time to avoid suspicion, and we could have just walked up Ain't to him in the, the street. <laughs> Ain't that just what happened? We spent all this time running around. Turns out the dingus we're trying not to meet with is the one we need to be meeting with. I had to face down a, a deadly, you know, butcher, assassin, murderer person, and we could have mm -hmm. just talked to him. We threw God the just puts on a different hat and suddenly he's the saint. We threw the orange juice out with a bathwater. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
<laughs> Joey, how are you drinking your orange juice and taking baths? Because now I'm very confused about the situation. <laughs> I thought that was just how one bathed. In orange juice or no, with, with an orange it. juice? With okay. It's kind of like the little table that goes over the tub where you have like a glass of wine and a candle and a book, only instead of a glass of wine, it's orange juice. It's like that. Yeah. Not a big drinker. Fair enough. All right. Well, don't die. <laughs> Likewise. Brex looks to everybody in a way of like, what should I do? Since they've already seen you with me, it might not be a bad idea to simply have you wait in the alley to receive the information. I'll be keeping watch from a hidden vantage point, And should anything happen, I'll be there to back you up. All right. Wait. You all gather the things you need for the day and start on your separate ways. Jory and Nehemiah, you take a moment, it doesn't take long, to figure out where Kaylin's workshop is. Everyone knows, like, oh yes, he works on that side of town. It's not that hard to find. It is kind of like in a more industrial, kind of like warehousey district. Mm -hmm. Probably a lot of areas that like people store things. There are some more factory buildings. Mm -hmm. The industry level of the ninth world at large is not to the point of like industrial revolution. There aren't usually like large scale manufacturing plants or anything, but sure. th this feels kind of like a workers district, the place you might find the blacksmiths and the tinkerers and the tailors and things like that working the in these- And soldiers. In <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes. I didn't even think of that. Oh no. <laughs> We're the worst. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of, though? We're looking for an inventor. And, you know, there's this big, scary person. I, I keep thinking of the great mouse detective. I'm just going <gasps> to put that out there. Oh, my God. Yes. Yep. yep. I don't know if I ever saw that one all the way through. Oh, what? that's a classic. That's when Vincent Price became Dremlin. And <laughs> it's really... Anyway. I'm not, I mean, Dremlin, Radigan, it sounds about Radigan the same. Radigan is right? like, Chase, as someone who is about to be a father, you should definitely mm -hmm. see this movie because Radigan is one of the scariest Disney villains. Sure. Oh, sure. No, I am I am aware enough of it that, uh, that he holds a special place in the fears of people. My mom, just for whatever reason, opted for like the sadder Disney movies of like the 60s. Like uh, Fox and the Hound um, was on tap growing up. Oh, yes. By the way, if you haven't watched Fox and the Hound, don't. It's deeply sad. <laughs> it is very sad. I loved that movie when I was a kid, though. So did my brother, who is now a father. So I'm sure my my nephew will be growing up with that one. Oh, yeah, yes. probably. You make your way to Kaylin's workshop. And as you approach, you hear a whole lot of noise. Everything from what sounds like hammers, as well as sparks and arcing electricity. You hear a whole bunch of like whirring and clicking and who knows what it is that he's doing in there. But you come up to these like big double barn doors and like through the crack, you can see flashes of light coinciding with those electrical spark sounds. Mm -hmm. Knock, knock. You knock and there is one more kind of flashbang. And then, a, oh, uh, uh, hold, hold on, please. You hear a whole bunch of like 
things kind of like falling over, maybe piles of stuff toppling and tools being tossed around. And Kaylin makes it to the door and kind of grunts, pulling it open. Their face is kind of covered in grime and soot and things like that. Their goggles, they lift them up and you can see the... The grime lines. Yeah, the little like raccoon look around <laughs> his face. Uh, yeah, yes, hello. How can I, how can I help you? Mr. Kalen, I was yes. wondering if we uh, might be able to have a word in private with you. We're actually looking for someone that uh, we think actually did some business with you not too long ago. Oh, this isn't about the cloud machine. Uh, it is for me. <laughs> uh, well, I, either way, yes, uh, come in, come in. And you step into the room and not that the entire listener base is going to know this, but you step into the workshop and it looks like how I would keep a workshop. <laughs> Loosely Just, organized chaos? Yes, yes. Piles of stuff here and there, half-finished projects laying around, papers and plans strewn everywhere. There's like one or two surfaces that have a little bit of space on them. And he goes over to a overly complex-looking machine and presses a button and you see a container with water in it start heating up as well let me make you some tea then that'd be lovely thank you Ooh, what kinds do you have mostly just ben bane ah! <laughs> it's the only thing that keeps me going through the night i know right me too <laughs> he pushes some stuff to the one side of a table and for each of you pulls up like a random large piece of equipment for you to sit on. It's not chairs. It's like these weird bits and bobs and sits around and, and gives you each a small cup of Ben Bane. So what it, is it that, uh, who, who are you looking for? What do you need? A cloud machine? What are we, uh, do you need a job done? Not, well, what we're looking for is, uh, is an individual and I hope you will keep this, um, discreet. He is somebody that tends to operate in discretion. His name is Dremlin. Dremlin, Dremlin, Dremlin. That name sounds familiar. Dremlin. I elbow Nehemiah. Mm. I think he might not remember. Just like that other one, remember? Describe him. I said remember twice in a row. I'm sorry. Do you recall yes. from a day ago? What do I recall? Ooh, two of you. Uh, well, no. <laughs> no, no, I... When, no, it's fine. When you had interrogated Lem, they had no recollection of having worked with Dremlin, despite the fact that you had some, what you feel some pretty obvious proof, uh, positive that they had. Gotcha. I'm going to look for the hand, I think it's the hand marks. If you didn't know what you were looking for, you wouldn't see it. You also remember with Lem that it really only started coming to prominence when you pressed harder and harder for that information. But you can just barely maybe make out those marks, like the lightest scar, like a little pockmark. Uh, that's okay. It's not the easiest name to recall, I suppose. I'm sorry. I, I'm rather old in, com in, in comparison to most of the young people that come to work with me, and I don't always remember exactly what it is that uh, they need me to. That's all right. Perhaps there's something missing or something that changed places in your workshop. I have been missing my wrench kit. Uh, was there anything special about this wrench kit or was it just a wrench it kit? It had my name engraved on it. Oh, that's so sad. I'm so sorry to hear that. Hey, uh, GM, can I uh, can I make a perception check for his wrench yeah. kit? 
Oh, sure. Uh, what's the what's the difficulty? Four. Cool. I'm trained. Yep. I'll spend for effort. 19 with a major effect. <laughs> um, you look around for a moment and you see the wrench kit like underneath a pile of papers off to the side. Like it's kind of wrapped in like one of those leather cases mm-hmm. so you can like roll up. Oh, um, but nice. you can see the wrenches like sticking out from the end of it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And I do get a minor effect with this. Wonderful. So can I find some indication of Dremlin being here? Absolutely. So you go over and get the wrench mm-hmm. kit? Found it for you. Oh, my wrench kit! <laughs> <laughs> and as you pull it out from this mm-hmm. pile of papers, some of them kind of like fall to the floor. And you find a list of things. Mm-hmm. Like a component list. Something that you would make like, okay, these are the things I need. Mm-hmm. A shopping list. Yes, yes. At the top, it says memory cube and it is circled. And then it says data spike, psi cap, and gloves, and a bunch of other smaller components like different wires and metals and more mundane stuff. Mm-hmm. Gloves seems to be the thing that is out of the ordinary. Memory cube is sticks out to you. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that you found in with Lacra. That's what you right. placed back into their oh. neck. Data spike and psycap are pretty clearly bits of Numenera, probably artifacts or ciphers. Sure. The rest are components. Gloves is a weird one, though. What did you find, Nehemiah? Oh, this is kind of interesting. Kaylin, do you go down into the uh, oil chasm all that often? Uh, no, I've never been. Well, I shouldn't say never. I went once when I was much younger, but um, I found it to be a, a far too intense for my liking. <laughs> totally understandable. We were actually down there not too long ago ourselves as a part of, you know, looking for this individual. But can you take a look at this? This looks like it might be ri- even written in your hand. Can you tell me what this was for? And I just kind of passed the list. He takes a look at it. He furrows his brow and says, well, yes, this is my handwriting. But after a couple moments of looking at it, it's clear he's becoming a more and more distraught that he can't seem to remember what it is that this list was referring to. And as he continues to try and rack his mind for what it is, kind of mumbling and muttering the entire time, you see those five points start to flare on his face. Uh, Well, um, maybe not remembering writing it or anything like that, but from your um, personal expertise, what might these things combine to make, just in general? Had you never seen them before? Uh, uh, And... uh... He kind of like shakes his head, trying to refocus himself. Well, I'm not uh, 100% sure what a memory cube is, but uh, assuming it is something that uh, either uh, holds or or retains memories in some way, I don't know if you knew this, um, but most of the time, Numenera is is either uh, named for a very simplistic thing it does or given some sort of name that someone found with it that kind of gives some sort of indication for its use. So a lot of times when you have something like, uh, you know, far thrower. It's something that's going to throw something a far distance. Other times it's a bit more scientific in its naming. You Never mind, I'm, I'm rambling. Memory cube, assuming that something that holds or, or, or retains memories in some way, uh, well, uh, 
data spike is similar, except instead of uh, memories, it, it holds information. And when he says that, you remember encountering tumult version of data spikes in the graveyards. You were able to find bits of information, and that's how they manifested there. Here, it seems it manifests as a physical object, something that connects you to the data sphere and allows you to have like a specific bit of information or skill or something like that. Mm-hmm. A psi cap, well, that's that's a bit more powerful. That is, that is something that protects the wearer from mental infiltration. Allows you to be shielded from any sort of uh, either Numenera or or ability that that might infiltrate or or, or connect with the mind. Ah. The rest of these bits and pieces and gloves are... uh, If I had to guess, this was uh, feasibly some sort of information to transfer a memory from one person to another. Ah. With gloves? Oh. Oh. Wait. Um, Nehemiah. Uh-huh. Could this be? Mm-hmm. Ah. I'm thinking so. Yes. Um. In theory, just to put this finest point on here, could say somebody rigged this all up to either impede or replace an individual's memory, say by placing their hand, their gloved hand, if it's all connected up, on someone's face, or something like that. Perhaps to erase a meeting or an interaction, or seven. Given the, the proper uh, the wiring and, and connection uh, between the, the two of these, and if, if the person <laughs> had the, the right understanding of Numenera, uh, yes, this could easily be something that might be able to take a memory from someone. Mm. Uh, uh, and how might one counteract such a thing? Do you think, if it were you? You'd have to re- replace the memory, uh, the, assuming that uh, something like a memory cube is meant to store it. Uh, You'd have to pull it back out of the memory cube. You'd have to get it out of the memory cube, yes. Ah, yes, of course. So, mm. this is fascinating. You're quite a good inventor. Uh, well, thank you. This is uh, ju- just all conjecture, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Nothing like this would probably ever happen. Who would want something no, like that? No. That's very dangerous sounding, isn't it? All right. Well, I think you've answered all of our questions, weird as it may seem. I really do appreciate your time today. I Wait, no, I'm sorry. Jory, you wanted to ask about the class. Yes, I did. I did. Thank you. Uh, yes, yes. What would you like to know? Uh, let's see. Um, what is its purpose other than just being a cloud? Does it help water plants? Oh, can it rain like in a very short distance and, and keep your, your, your garden fresh? Jory, you spend a little bit of time just indulging Kalen about his cloud machine and asking all these weird and individual little questions. And by the end of the conversation, he's actually much more jovial than previously just because someone was interested. I will go around his workshop and say, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that going to be? And that sort of thing. Go ahead real fast and roll me a, I'll say a perception check. Ooh, lovely. Level four. Level four. And I am trained. Boop. A success with a nine. As you're going, ooh, what's this? And what's this? You see some of those blue crystals that you had seen on the ledge climbing back up from the Voilcast and the ones that shattered and you got to see some memories of what happened in that area. But you do see some of those. Those are interesting. Um, I've never seen anything quite like that before. What are those? Uh, some, I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest. Sometimes things just grow here. <laughs> <laughs> and you do see, like, there's, like, 
some areas with like mushrooms growing on it and like weird little rock formations and plants kind of popping out of things. So it's it's a disorganized mess. Mm. I too have fungi that I keep, or I did. Well, uh, we really appreciate your time. Is there any way we could help you out, uh, spread word of your inventions or anything like that? No, no, don't worry about it. Your company alone today has made this old man very happy. Well, we'd love to come back and see you sometime, may we? Absolutely. Excellent. Well, you have a fantastic day. You too. And he kind of toddles back off to keep tinkering. Son of a sesky. <laughs> All right. Well, now we know how they're doing it. Something about this one makes me extra mad. Yep. At uh, least he's all right. At least he hasn't been killed. And we shift over to Smallrin and Brex heading out to the alleyway in kind of like the city center. You make your way to the alley and a little while before you get there, you tell Brex to continue on and you kind of hide yourself, I assume, among the rooftops as has kind of been your MO in the past. Yes, Smallrin and Brex leave the, the downgrade together, but she pretty quickly kind of slips into the crowd after giving him a pat on the arm and pointing him towards the alley, follow him at a distance and eventually get up onto the roofs. Brex heads into the alleyway and takes up a position near where you had been sitting previously waiting and kind of just stands there and you make your way up to a rooftop where you have a good view of the situation, but are kind of on the opposite side. So Brex might be able to see you if they knew where to look, but whoever is coming into the alley would not have an easy time without turning around and looking and scanning the area to see you. It takes a little while. Uh, you get there, it's fairly early in the morning. And thankfully, both you and Brex are patient people. So you wait a while and it easily hits you know, sun high in the sky, time, noon, maybe even a little bit after before there's any kind of activity in the alleyway. The smaller person that had been with the butcher, the one who never said anything, the one who didn't seem to interact with you at all, comes down the alleyway and sees Brex, looks them up and down, but then nods and hands them a, what looks like a tube from this distance. Wordlessly then turns and walks out of the alleyway. I would like to make some kind of a perception check using my Ogrim orb. I want to take a look around from my vantage point and see who else in the area could be watching. Like, sure. I would assume that they've also sent people, at least one person, to try and kind of see who comes and picks this up, where they go. Go ahead and roll that. It is going to be a level five. I'm going to spend for a point of effort. Success with a 19, minor effect, or plus three damage. <laughs> we'll see whether I need the damage. <laughs> You look around and you see a few things. One, kind of looking in the town square again, you see the snake again. You also see someone that you kind of only barely recognize, but it kind of clicks in the back of your mind. You see someone also kind of like prowling around on the rooftops, not hidden like you, but kind of like walking around a little bit more in the open. And this is someone known as The Nose. And you do vaguely remember there was a chapter for a little while known as The Body, 
and they all had these anatomy-based names. The ear, the eye, and the arm. Hush now. (laughs) (laughs) And what was the nose's specialization? Rooting things out, sniffing out the various bits of information or things about people, where people are, that kind of thing. The eye was always good at finding things. This chapter has long disbanded. Yeah, but still definitely a part of the lexicon if they're roaming around. Yes, Yes, the individuals are, but again, the chapters kind of come and go as needed with the congregation kind of being an exception. Smallrin waits until the nose is focused elsewhere, and she's going to slip over the edge of the roof and climb down into the alley. Your minor effect. Oh, my minor effect. Um... Basically, I want Smallrin to slip into ghost mode. Okay. So Smallrin is in the midst of the mentally something clicks and she's gone back into like life or death, what she used to do and was very good at. And just like all of her senses are just that little bit sharper. All of her sneaking around is that much more ghost-like. You kind of slip back into that very familiar, but long underutilized set of skills, at least all together. You drop down, Brex is standing there holding this tube, and on further investigation, it is a cryptix, which is something that holds something inside. It is a hollow tube, but on the outside has sets of wheels with letters that you have to accurately unlock with the correct code phrase in order to open it up. Smaller and just kind of sighs a little and like looks at Brex. Why do shadowy criminal organizations always have to be so on brand? Brex kind of like tilts their head. As far as they know, I don't have a way to open this. And yet this is how we're supposed to get to our meeting. Brex shrugs. (laughs) Is it set to any particular word at the moment? Like, did they just hand it over meaning to make this look difficult, but it's actually already ready to be opened? You try to open it and it does not open. However, it says the word reveal. So it is a six letter code. And what do I know about the way that the lexicon generally uses codes? Between members, it's usually something that has to do with someone's name or with like the job that's being done. It kind of varies a little bit, but it usually has to do with like the direct information that only lexicon members would have. In this case, they don't necessarily know that you're a lexicon member, so they're trying to deter you or make sure that you are worth meeting with. Yeah. It's not something you necessarily have to solve now, okay. and it's definitely something that you can poke around with a, a little bit. Okay. Um, bring it back and talk to the rest of the group about trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Smaller and kind of looks it over for a couple minutes. It's not having a lot of luck with it. And so she hands Brex some more shins and, <laughs> and tells them to go back tells them to, to go back to the axe throwing. And then I am going to turn invisible and head out over the rooftops or I'm going to vanish. Okay. And you all head back. I assume back to the downgrade to meet up again. Mm -hmm. As you all are heading back that way, you all end up seeing this, whether at the same time or as you're passing along, but kind of near the main marketplace, you see a, some sort of large circular device being set up in the center of the square. People are kind of like laying down 
these section of this easily 10 foot across like circular metal disc. Mm. And you see these big banners going up around the side and these various contraptions and poles and wires in between them being set up. And Jory and Nehemiah, as you kind of walk by, you see someone climb up on the top of a pole with a platform and kind of gesture widely to the crowd, ignite themselves on fire and dive down onto this disc. And as they land, the entire thing goes up in flames and creates this massive, like 20 foot tall bonfire. And you hear from around the area, you're not even sure how this is being projected, but someone's voice screams out, let the games begin! Oh no. Oh yes. I think that's where we'll stop for a moment. That's a good place to, oh no, it's a really good. It is, it is, it is. Thank you so much for listening to episode 100 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, thank you so much for everyone who has listened this far. And also a big thank you to the team that helps make this show possible. I know you all know the cast here, but I rarely verbally thank them on the episodes. So thank you to Bridget, Chase, and Rin for making these wonderful stories with me. And of course, a big thanks to Alex, our editor, for always making us sound absolutely pristine. And an even bigger thank you to Ghostlight Media. We would not be able to have this podcast in the way that we do without the help of our wonderful network. And of course, as always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On the website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And in that vein, I would love to thank Carlin, Christina, and Connor for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered in Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening. And I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenlee and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.